Welcome to the Hearers and Doers podcast. I'm Becky Kaiser, and I'll be the host for this show. Do you need a space where you can show up just as you are? This is your place. Dry shampoo, crying kids, messy house, and barking dogs are all welcome here. Do you need a cheerleader who sees all your amazing potential and unique ways God's called and created you? Done, I'm signing up as captain. I'm a certified life coach and Bible teacher with decades of experience who isn't afraid to tell you the truth you need to hear. Some weeks I'll be sharing practical and encouraging and sometimes correcting shows, and other weeks I'll be introducing you to new and old friends. You ready? Let's go, my friend. All right, my friends, today we have a new friend on the show with us today, and it's Bethany. And I, Bethany, we were just talking before we started. Um, we have both admired each other from afar. The beauty of social yes. media is that you get to meet really awesome people, and occasionally you get to connect with them virtually and hopefully one day in person as well. So thank you so much for being Absolutely. here today. Yes, yes, I'm okay. speaking it into existence. We will meet in person. We will. Okay, I receive I receive that completely right now. Okay, for anyone who doesn't know you, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your life? How do you spend your days and who do you spend those with? Uh, the most important thing to know about me is I have really big hair. So that's- <laughs> you have the best <laughs> hair ever. That's ever. all. That's all you need to know. That's it. Uh, <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. That's, and that's, done. That's and, and done. <laughs> um, I reside in Ohio in the, in the countryside. There's a whole story behind that. Um, with my two children, my son is 11. My daughter is nine. So we have kind of entered into the preteen yeah, phase, which is fun. interesting. Um, interesting. Uh, I am a speaker, a writer, um, business executive, uh, oldest of five children. My parents have been married for 40 years. I'm their favorite child. (laughs) Obviously, obviously. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the, the general, and I spend my days with with them, with my family and my kids and my friends who are near and far. So yeah. Nice. So in Ohio right now, is it still cold? Well, today it's 65. Um, I always said I would leave. My parents moved here after my dad graduated from college uh, because I detest the cold. Yeah. I have no love for it at all. Yeah. None at all. I have no love for it. So uh, it's 65. It's beautiful but it's usually very cold up until about April. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Wow. Where wow. I'm in Texas and it got into the nineties last week. And today it's like 75 and we're all back in long sleeve shirts because <laughs> it's so so cold. Cold I'm wearing my fuzzy house slippers because I'm freezing right now. Debated turning on the fireplace this morning. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I used to spend a lot of time in Texas. Uh, great yeah. food, great people. Yes, that is, that is the truth. Um, one of the things that I had told you is I love meeting multi-passionate women. Cause I think sometimes we feel like we need to be one thing. And then we feel almost the shame when we have multiple giftings or multiple passions. Um, so I wanted to hear from you, um, 
just how you've stewarded your calling, particularly with being someone who's multi-passionate. Could you share a little bit about your career, your purpose, and how that's evolved over time? Some of the stewarding has definitely been God. (laughs) I didn't always know uh, where I was headed. Um, To give context, I'm going to be 40 in September. Okay. So for anyone who, you know, is kind of like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. Same. You're not alone. Uh, until, you know, <laughs> not alone. until recently. Yeah. But I went to school. Um, my degrees are in sociology, criminology, and psychology. Wow. But I ended up in business. Okay. Right? So this is and where I said, you know, God is doing the stewarding, <laughs> like on the yeah. on the first first half. So I ended up in business and had from how you would define in business terms, I'm saying it this way for a reason, a very successful career. Yeah. Um, so by the age of 30, I was a senior vice president, team of over a hundred across the globe. Wow, uh, way to go. I know, right? I'm like, <laughs> okay, <amazing>. God. <laughs> yes. And uh, most of my team, they were older than me. And I thought, Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I felt since a young age, I'm called to lead. So this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. Uh, make a lot of money and retire yeah. early. That's what Jesus wants me to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that wasn't necessarily the case. I've had a lot of, I had this wonderful childhood. Um, and, but d- my adult life has been, full of a lot of hurt and pain and Mm. different types of trauma folded Mm. into success. So that's why I say like the stewarding, a lot of it was, you know, God's kind of gentle hand guiding um, as I made assumptions around where I was supposed to go. And it wasn't until I stepped away from the corporate world in 2020 that it became very clear um, what I'm supposed to do in my life. And I look back and Mm. I go, oh, that's that that's what was going on like I was actually Mm -hmm. being prepared and refined wow in different ways and given access to certain rooms to do this Mm. wow was it 2020 COVID that pulled you out of the corporate world or did God do something different that pulled you out Um, so I had, um, a, it wasn't COVID actually. So I spent most of my career traveling, uh, which is why I never left Ohio because I was like, oh, well I'm in the city all the time around the world. So I kind of want to be in the countryside. And in 2020, we were all at home. Yeah. 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 But I was under a lot of pressure in my job, which resulted in me having a TIA, which is essentially a borderline stroke. Yeah, 36 at the time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And it was from the stress. And so I was hospitalized and then went to Utah because (laughs) that's what you do when you're, when you're an executive and you've been, you know, put off of work, you say, okay, well, I'm going to go to Utah. And I went out there and God was very clear with me around in the next chapter of your life, you will help other people lead well and achieve Mm. their well done. I Mm. didn't know what that meant. Right. I went back to work 
in within two months, um, a series of events occurred, not necessarily bad, it ended up leaving. And so that yeah. door opened for me to depart. And I did. Wow, I didn't get that. Could you try again? <laughs> You're like, several people didn't, people get, didn't that, get that, Siri. That Siri. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, I don't know why my computer did that. Siri, Siri, and um, that reminds me to turn off my Alexa. Siri and Alexa always like to pop in. I know. Sorry. <laughs> you can ask a question again if you need to. Uh, no, no, no. That's perfect. That's, that is real life, right? As yeah. we share everything, that is real life. Interruptions and distractions happen. That is a lot that you went through, both with health stuff and then completely pivoting all as a major world crisis is happening. Yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. And the reason I say interesting is because I was bought back into my home in, in a way that I had never been before, which sounds really odd because yeah. I was gone at 4.30. I wasn't back until after six or I was on an airplane um, and I'm a single parent. So I was always juggling and there was a level of closeness that happened between me and God hmm. when I was in my house, I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. So spiritually it forced me to wrestle with some things. And so there's a trusting period that occurred before my TIA where I'm like, hmm. Um, because of me having to be in my home and having to reckon right. with some things with God. So yeah, it was, yeah. it was a lot, but the way it unfolded was perfect. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. really cool. Hearing you say, and I saw it on your website too, where you say you want to help lead women to live well and achieve their well done. It's interesting because the question, one of the, the next question I'd had for you was, you're so unapologetic in your success that you've had in the past and how you're living now. And that's super attractive to me. My, my new counselor started seeing a new counselor six weeks ago. And our first session was like the normal intake session. Right. And at the end of it, she looked at me and she was like, you know, we talked about like our plan and what she wanted to work on. And then she looked at me and she's like, we're going to attack this. She goes, I'm really good at my job. And I was just like, I love when a woman is confident that, yes. because I feel like as women, we're often conditioned to that humility is self-deprecation. Right. And I love that you are like, you're unapologetic in your success. And then to hear your mission for what you want to do now is that you want to help others achieve their well done to be unapologetic in living success in a differently defined way, maybe. Yes. Um, how, how did you get to that place to be unapologetic? Um, well, I know the work that I've done. <laughs> <laughs> like, because I know I'm awesome. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm awesome, but I know it, it takes a lot of effort to do. I'll, I'll talk about women. We do okay. a lot and it takes a lot of effort, a lot of things that are seen and unseen. And yeah. um, there there's a lot of silent applause that mm. goes with that. And so a lot of times throughout my career, I was the only one. Now I yeah. put my family to the side, you know, because yeah. they're super supportive, yeah. but I was the only one mustering up the courage to do the things that needed to be done. And so that took, mm. you know, 
if I'm not going to support myself and think that I can do it, who else is going to do it? Which is why the swing the other way for me is, oh no, absolutely. You can do this. Absolutely. I will support you. Um, and so I know the effort that it's taken, um, the humility comes into play though, because I know that I haven't been able to do it alone. So I had really great teams, really great mentors. I have a wonderful pastor. Um, so I'm not, I also don't pretend as though I've done any of this by myself either. Right. Yeah. Does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, I think that's helpful for all of us to hear the both and of I, I can be unapologetic in my success because I know that what I've done is good and who I am is exactly who I'm supposed to be. And that's not, not, that's not lacking humility because in the same grain, we know that we didn't get there because just because we're awesome, even though we are awesome, yeah. we didn't get there because we are awesome. We got there with a whole army. Like I, th- I think right now that visual when um, Moses, after he had crossed the Red Sea and then they were facing this army and he had the people raising his arms. And I have that visual of that. That's kind of how we do the thing God's called us to do, that there are people that hold our arms up for us yes. and we don't have the strength to hold. And we see victory and we see success, but we know that it was because somebody else held our arms up when we could not. Absolutely. I mean, the other piece of it is what I tell leaders and people who I coach and have coached over the years, I am very clear about what I do well. Hmm. And I'm super clear about what I don't do well. <laughs> That's so, fair. and it's not in a self debt. Like I know what my gaps are. Yeah. And I have found people who I trust who can fill yeah. those gaps and yeah. people who I trust who will say, that, that actually, that ain't it. Yeah. Like, that's good. Like, that's, eh, good. that's not. So I'm just very clear around what I do well. Um, and I'm very open around the things that I don't do so well. That's good, Bethany. Like that, I think that's for somebody that's going to be their biggest takeaway, because I think sometimes we feel like as women, there's this burden or pressure to do all things well. And if we're bad at something, we need to get better at this. And aren't you a Myers-Briggs and Strength Finders coach? I yeah, am. Same. I'm certified yeah. in both as well. And I, I can hear the principles of that because Strength Finders is all about stop trying to improve your what you're weak in and instead focus on your strengths. Yes. And that's where God provides the full body yes. so that we all can help one another. But so often... American culture, especially is flipped where it's like, if you could just get better at what you're weak in, then you'll have more strengths. And that's, then it limits where you're actually strong and you're exhausted from trying so completely, completely exhausted. Um, a lot of my teams achieved the impossible, what was deemed the impossible because not because of me, I'm generally not the smartest person in the room. Um, but I was willing to take people who were three levels below mm-hmm. and put them in the forefront because they're the ones who have the capability. They're the ones who could articulate the solution to the problem better than yeah. me. Yeah. And so I think if people are willing to 
show up in life in an authentic way and say, I can't do this well, but this is someone who can, because that's the other piece. People will say, you know, I'm not perfect. Yeah. But they don't point you to someone else who has the answer. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh Yeah. yeah, I don't do this really well. Um, sorry, I'm not, you know, I'm not the right person for you or, okay, well, can you send me, can you send me to someone who is, can you, but the ego won't allow it. Um, Mm. I'm, I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, yeah, this isn't my specialty, but (laughs) yeah, here's a list of 10 people who can help. That's good. That's good. I, I love this so much just out of curiosity since we mentioned Myers-Briggs and Strength Finders, what is your Myers-Briggs and what is your Strength Finders? Do you know it off the top of your head? Oh my gosh, I don't know it off we're the gonna, top of my head. You're going you're gonna to blink out right now. So for anyone who's listening and you don't know who what Myers-Briggs is, I actually prefer it to the Enneagram. Oh, I um, absolutely do. Yeah. It reveals so much more about you, but more than what it reveals about you, it helps you live a more fuller life when you have the awareness of your Myers-Briggs status where what I don't like about Enneagram is it it's all rooted in your deepest fear and then builds off of that. Yes. And it's like, which is the opposite of strength finders and Myers-Briggs, which is like, let's focus on your positive. This one is like, I'm going to get to your deepest, darkest secret and then grow who you are from that. And in truth, yeah. it's very real. Like, my Enneagram is three wing two and everything I read about it is spot on. Yeah. But I don't find it to be as helpful as I found the Myers-Briggs to be. Okay. Well, look it up later and text yeah, me. I think I'm an I in, I just don't remember the last two. Thinker, feeler, perceiver, intuitive. I'm in, I got, I, I'll look it yeah. up and then. Yeah. I'll, look it up and send it to me later. I'm very, yeah. it's always, it's always fun to know people's like. Oh yeah. It, it, you feel like you instantly know somebody better once you know their their information. That's so fun. Um, okay, well, tell me how you shifted. Right now, you're doing Jesus-led, Bible-fed. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? What do you What are you doing with that? How How do you invite women into that? What is What does that look like for you? So, what how it started, which it's still kind of in the same vein. Um, was this helping other people achieve, helping women achieve their well done. What I want people to understand about this caveat with well done and what was important for me to understand and continue to remember is well done in Christ. I don't define that. That's between Mm. you and God. Right. My role is whatever strengths I have is to help you get that over the finish line. That could be through encouragement, Mm. motivation, et cetera. But my bend is leading. How do yeah. you cut through all the mess in everyday life to make decisions well? Yeah. Um, and so it started on the Instagram account as me just popping on mm. and giving insights, biblical insights, looking at the life of Christ. I think it's a unique way to look at the life of Christ is how he mm-hmm. showed up every day and led in relationship, in friendship, and how he articulated biblical truth. Um, so kind of analyzing that way, but then also bringing out practical stories from my corporate eight, 18 yeah. years of, you know, corporate life and behind the scenes and all the things yeah. and just kind of teaching people in short form. 
it has paused because I've, I have multiple projects I'm working on. So that's why people mm -hmm. haven't seen me um, yeah. show up there in probably about five months, maybe six months. Yeah. I am about to start it again um, with the same intent of helping people achieve their well done, but also moving people away from their comfort because we are mm. loyal to our comfort. That's so true. Right? And so You're you are loyal can, to our comfort. Yeah. People are loyal to, ah, see, people are loyal to their comfort. And we see it in the gospels when Jesus was facing people, um, whether they were sick in their body, dealing with the Pharisees and Sadducees, um, even with his disciples and their perception of God. Some yes. of that, if you go back and read it, has a lot to do with their comfort. One of the things I always say to people when I'm speaking out of it is your comfort zone isn't free. And so if you're going to be so loyal to your comfort, like how do I help you move away from that so that you can achieve your well done in Christ? Because as now I'm talking to believers here, because yeah. as believers, the goal is to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what we're working towards. Right. Well done. It, it's not heaven. I mean, heaven is, that's the finish line. But yeah. once we cross it, what do we want to hear? Yeah, yeah. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Yeah. Um, and so in order to do that, we cannot be loyal to our personal comfort. And so I'm really thinking about how can I help people, women, hold on to that with these practical um, teachings online um, that they can implement like right now, because I don't want to yeah. do anything where it's like, okay, well, you know, then you have to download this form and do like, yes. no, 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 yeah. right now, right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a wrap. I think that's all we needed for today. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Are you loyal to your comfort? That I, I showed you, I have all the post-its on my desk and that is going to be my new post-it that I'm adding to my computer desk. Um, are you loyal to your comfort? And so for yeah. anyone listening right now, I would encourage you if you have this space and the time to even hit pause on this show right now, or put an alarm on your phone that goes off at a time where, you know, you have thinking space later and ask and reflect. I'm going to do that after we're done today, Bethany. Like I'm going to ask the Lord in what ways am I loyal to my comfort? Yeah. That is huge. That's needed. You know, as after COVID, I was talking, I've been talking to several different friends this week and, um, it's like, we're, we're now how many years past COVID are we? Three, three, two, it's two. 2023. So this would be three. Yeah. Two three. Well, two to three, depending. I mean, COVID's still around. I'm not saying yeah. it's not around. Well, but no, I meant, I know what you mean. You're like when we were yeah. allowed when to come we back were, out into the world. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and I've heard from a lot of friends lately that them and the one others they know are all of a sudden dealing with a lot of anxiety and stress and pressure and, um, and I think it's just like fully re-entering back into life and adding all the things back in that we had kind of slowly paused for our suddenly paused and then slowly continued pausing and they're feeling overwhelmed by it. And so the coping mechanism now has been to default into these places of comfort that are keeping them 
um, stuck in some yeah. ways, the comfort of their life or their homes or their Netflix binging, whatever it may be, um, is keeping them stuck. And we've, we've exchanged what is true rest for just comfortable laziness. Yes. Um, and it's breeding this new round of anxiety in people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it keeps, so I, it keeps us hostage, right? It sure in does. In ways that we don't realize. And yeah. no one wants to be, no one wants to be in a hostage situation. Yeah. So for a woman who's listening today and she realizes, man, I've been so loyal to where I'm comfortable and she's feeling that sense of purposelessness, which so many women, it's like, I feel like that's one of the biggest questions I get all the time. Like, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Like, what would you say to her? How would she find her quote unquote purpose and how, like, what are those steps she should take? And I know it's unique specifically for each person, but how, how would you encourage her to get going? So I can, I'll answer this a couple of different ways because purpose is directly connected to identity in Christ, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. It's not the, it's not necessarily the act of doing, it's who yeah. am I in Christ? And I would say, look at your, look at your strengths, look at the things that you are, and I'm going to come back to this word I'm about to use. Look at, okay. look at the things that you're passionate about. Look at where you're bent. So for people who are listening, who have, who, who are like, okay, well, what do you mean? If you have children, you know that there is a bend that your, ha- your child has. So my son loves building things. In my mind, I'm like, you have a bend towards engineering. Hmm. And so I'm going to tend that garden in the best way possible Yeah. to see if that continues to grow that we're all, we, we all have that. God created him that way to like building, tinkering. I, you know, I'm like, okay. Um, my daughter has bins other ways. So one, I think you need to do, we need to do personal inventory without comparison. Mm. This is where we mess up with purpose, right? Is we connect purpose in comparison. Well, if I'm doing this, well, what does this look like on her? What does this look like on him? Yeah. Uh, This is about you. Yeah. And comparison is a trap. It it keeps us from being able to see clearly. It robs us of the vision to see clearly. Um, And so I would say do personal inventory and don't try and monetize your purpose. That's good. Don't try and monetize your purpose. Don't try and monetize your passion. Because if it's your purpose and your passion, that means you're doing it whether you make money on it or not. Now, some people are called yeah. to do that. I'm not, yeah, I'm, not yeah. digging it. I'm not digging that at all. Right. But I have a passion for writing. I've been writing since I was a little girl. Hmm. If I make money or not, I'm still going to do that. Because that's how God created me. Do you see how it's connected mm-hmm. to identity? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good. But then how does that, how do you counter argue the, where people say you should like, I feel like everyone is saying now for like your career and what you do, you should only do what you're most passionate. That's in. people. 
This is what people are, this is look at, this is what people are right. saying. Yeah. And people don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Y'all can't see it, but Bethany's in a rolling chair and she just slid all the way yeah. back. People, here, look, people do not know what they are talking about. They are armchair quarterbacking. Now you're from Texas, so you know what that means. For those who don't know what armchair quarterbacks are, those are people who are not participating in your life. They are not emotionally, mentally, or spiritually invested in your day-to-day, -day, but they are telling you how to run the play. Stop mm -hmm. listening to people. Oh, that's good. That's good. People have been telling me forever, you should be, you should be doing this. You mm -hmm. should, like, why don't you have a coaching program? Why don't you have a podcast? Why don't you da, 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 da. Y'all don't, that's, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm called mm -hmm. to do right now in this season. I'm tending to my garden. That's good. That's good. And, and ain't, that's, nothing, that's and ain't nothing dying over here. Well, the, the fruit is fruiting. Wow. And that's, that's not good. a prideful statement because it takes no, a no, lot no. of work to tend yeah. to your garden. And because if I'm going to be supporting other women in leadership, if I'm going to be praying, if I'm going yeah. to be saying yes to all the things, yeah. my house has to be in order. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And that's where I think so many of us, myself included, struggle the most is we feel like it should be a certain way. So then we do it and that off sprouts is just dead or it's artificial yeah. and the fruit then is not as sweet yeah. um, on the whole rest of the tree. Yeah. Um, that's good. And so you even just saying that's not for me right now. And because of that, my fruit is good. Yeah. And for all of us to hear that, that maybe we should stop doing or don't keep pursuing something that just isn't for us right now, even if others think it should be, even if we think it should be, if it's going to make our overall garden not as fruitful yeah, or more dried out. I'll give you, I'll give you an analogy. A last summer, a tree fell in my house. Whoa. Very, yeah. Very large tree and it full leaves oak tree. I mean, my property has, it's almost two acres. It has tons of trees everywhere. Oh. There's storm blew through, fell in the front of the house. The inside of that tree was completely hollow. Wow. You would have had no idea on the outside that the inside, not rotten, completely hollow. And so a lot wow. of times people come into our life, especially in the age of social media, mm. and mm. they are providing so little substance, but they are yeah. speaking to our desire. They are speaking yeah. to our want. They are speaking mm. to um, our insecurity. Yeah. They are hollow on the inside. Yeah. They are giving the illusion yeah. of, you know, this life-giving fruit, these life-giving plans, but on the inside. Yeah. 
and we're like, well, we have to do all these things because this is, you know, it worked for them. So it's going to work for me. And this is what we must do. And this is what it must look like. And yeah, no. Yeah, no. (laughs) In in conclusion. Yes. In conclusion. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, no. You, you decide you and God decide and God Mm -hmm. is key here because I decided a lot of things without him. And it hurt. But he is right. the God of the loop around. So he came back and got me. That's good. That's, you know, good. That's good. He's the God of the loop around. So he came back and he's got me. God of the loop around. I yeah, like that. So many things I want to put on a t-shirt after our conversation. Yeah, the so God far. of the loop around. When, you know, the, the, the 99, you know, when they say he left the 99 and came back from the one, a lot of people use that verse when they're talking about the sinner. Yeah. Yeah, he, he does that to the believer too. Because some right. of us, you know, we'd be oh, doing our own, our own thing off to the side. And yeah. Like, no, 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 You know, I'm back over here. So it's like when you have to grab your kids by the side of the face and be like, and focus. And we're here. And, yes. So you talked about like with this of, we don't have to listen to other people's opinions in the, not the opposite of that. How though have you, like you've said before, like how you've had friends who have held you up and pulled you through and you've not done it alone. So how have you built and found trusted community who can be those people who help hold your arms up, who can speak truth over you? Cause I feel like a lot of women really struggle as adults to have yeah, good friendships. It's hard. I had experienced um, in the, in the past, a lot of deep hurt in mm-hmm. friendship. I'm so sorry. So I have had, I have a group of friends that I've had since freshman year of college, the first well, weekend. Oh, the, and they have, they've seen the hot mess, Bethany, and yeah. now they see the very mature, you know, they're like, oh my God, yes. if people only change so much, <laughs> like before Instagram, you know, they knew me when, so I've had that. Aren't you so glad there was a before Instagram and not an Instagram then? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I went to college. There was still phones on the wall, you know, mm-hmm. back in 2002. Um, so I have that kind of group of friends, but over the years, I've turned friends over just because of deep hurt and, you know, mm-hmm. just some really horrible things. And so I got to a point where I had walls up as it relates to trust and someone can understand this. Um, and then coming out of a very traumatic marriage um, mm-hmm. where trust was also broken, I literally had to ask God, I need spiritually strong women. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to send these women to me Hmm. because if I do it on my own, it's not happening because of me. Cause I'm like, yeah, no, we can do do coffee. And then (laughs) (laughs) and I'll see, and I'm an introvert. I'll see you when I see you. (laughs) (laughs) Like we don't need to, we're good. Yeah. Um, So I really did have to trust God in bringing, bringing those people and using discernment and, and, and really kind of lean, lean into that. And it has been Mm -hmm. so unbelievably fruitful. And I was very specific with the type of Mm -hmm. friendship I needed also. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I joke, I joke with my best friend. I tell her, I keep a really, I am an extrovert, so I love people, but I keep a tight friend card 
And so I am willing to do the coffees and occasionally also willing to do like the group, the group things. But when it comes to those who know my junk, I feel like because of that same thing with like what you shared of just friendship, betrayal and hurt that sometimes is both-sided and it's taught me, I can't, you can't let everybody in Mm -hmm. and it's important and it is loving to yourself and to others to say just a few people need to be on my my friend card oh, yeah. my people yeah you um, only need you know you only need two two or three yeah. uh, which is what i tell my daughter who's 9 and yes. cuz i'm trying to get in front of the what i think will likely happen when she's 14 or 15 and yes. like you only yeah. need two or three really good girlfriends And you can be, it's okay if people kind of cycle in and out. Um, Yes. That's the other thing, you know, some people are around for a season, um, which sometimes gets overused and people, people will say that people with strong personalities will say that as a, (laughs) as a reason to not be accountable for how they show up in relationships. I'm saying it because I'm eight. I'm saying it as Sometimes, you know, life happens yeah. and, you know, yeah, relationships change and that's okay. That's okay. not an excuse to be a bad friend, but it, my oldest daughter, she's 12. And we were just talking about this the other day because she's switched schools this year and she's, but she's been on the same dance team now for a few years. And, and so we were talking about like some girls that were her really good friend a couple of years ago. And she's like, it's so crazy that like I used to spend the night at their house and talk to them all the time and I don't see them. And I was like, you know what? But wasn't that a good friendship when you had it? And and that just is kind of part of life. Sometimes we have friends and things just happen and it doesn't, it doesn't have to end poorly. It just means that that's it. And then you can tell things ended well if when you run into them again, you're excited to see them and you can wave and smile exactly. and say hi, you know? Um, but that it is hard and tricky with kids to help, help them learn that process of, um, like, I think people, the saying is like, it's either for a season or a reason, and which I, those <laughs> oh make me want to gag so bad, but, <laughs> but in many ways of it is okay. If, yeah. if it was just a short-term one and the ones that ended, it's us evaluating the reason for that. Yeah. Um, I want to, before we begin to wrap up, there was one more question I wanted to ask you. You referenced your um, divorce and this is something um, because you've been open about it. I I wanted to talk to you about it briefly because I feel like so many women don't have the opportunity to hear from other women who have walked a similar story to theirs and to yours. And especially in Christianity, um, when it comes to, anything that maybe is contrary may or may not be the right word, but that we have been told is wrong and bad, right? By somebody yeah, yeah. at some time. If it time, doesn't fit in the box, it's a Then problem. we don't know what, we don't know what to do with it. And it's almost yeah. kind of like, like I remember when um, Amy Grant like had her divorce or something, it was like 10 years, she couldn't be on the radio and then her time had passed and she was back at, back at it again. And I think sometimes we just don't know what to do. So yeah, my question for you, I know like, the details of things are for those close friends, but for us today, could you share how you felt like, I mean, this could be in your own life and maybe those you've talked to, how you feel like the church could have supported you better and how you see that. And when I say the church, I mean, 
Christians, how people could have supported you better through that and what you wish that they would know? So that's a loaded question. I know, but well, it's, I mean, I'll one, I have no shame with my, with my divorce and I can talk. I didn't talk about it early on because my children were a little younger. Yeah. Now they are older. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't ever want to have conversations ahead of the ones that I Mm. have with them. That's good. So what, what I will say is I was married for 10 years. That marriage was extremely volatile. Mm. And, um, people can read in between what that means. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was, it was just, it was, a, it was multifaceted abuse. Yeah. I'm and so sorry. when I, and my father is, is my, is my pastor. And so mm. it was beautiful being able to be shepherded through kind of that, that process, um, by someone who you're close to. Not everyone has that. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of my local church, um, it it wasn't, there wasn't really any kind of like issue. Um, I I'm in a smaller town, so, you know, there there are just things you're kind of aware of. So it was just kind of like, oh, okay, well, got it. (laughs) So now more broadly, when, um, it be online, the Christian reaction, I was very surprised by because I didn't deal with it locally. So I was just kind of like, oh, and what I noticed, so to answer your question, what, not every Christian, but more broadly, what people tend to do in Christianity is until we have context, we will withhold empathy. Hmm. So because I'm so private, I wasn't out saying I was abused. And so I left. my, you know, so my marriage ended after 10 years. Yeah. All people knew is she got divorced. Well, this is what the Bible says about divorce. This is like no context. And it's like, Oh, this, that's a really interesting reaction to something that I would say most believers and most non-believers who get married, don't marry with the intention of getting divorced. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to make it's not the preferred pathway. It's not anyone. the preferred. I mean, we have a high divorce rate in this country, but generally people get married with the intent of staying married. Yeah. And so I would say the church should do a better job of extending empathy without context because you weren't in mm-hmm. the marriage when it happened. Mm-hmm. And people um, don't owe an explanation to That's anyone. Good. Yeah. And there are a lot of embarrassing things that go on um, or traumatic things that go on behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. So we may say like, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. You all were such a beautiful couple. We've been to your house for parties. Well, did you think that he or she was going to be yelling at each other and and slamming doors and doing all the things while the party was going on? Right. Right. Um, so that's kind of, that was a, that is a piece of advice that I would get, I would give is not lead with, 
well, this is what the Bible says. Yeah. And so you need to fight for your marriage as if people mm-hmm. haven't been fighting for their marriage before it yeah. ended in divorce. Yeah. That That's was a good. long-winded answer, but I'm trying it to- wasn't a, It wasn't a long-winded answer at all. It was, it was what we need to hear in many ways. And honestly, I feel like it's not just for divorce. It's for all those things that, as you said, don't fit into the box. That as Christians, we- want the context we want to understand and then we want to fix and going back to what you had said earlier when you talked about helping people find their well done is you can't give women their well done that's god right Uh, and and i think sometimes as christians we want so badly to fix people or we want to rescue people if we've seen that they are struggling or doing something that we've deemed deemed sinful or not godly or whatever And so we try to fix and correct. We try to go find the lost sheep. And instead of trusting Mm -hmm. that God is going to handle that, like you talked about that earlier, like God's the God of the loop around. Is that what you call it? Yeah, God of the loop around. And, and, And that's, we, instead of trying to fix things for others to correct behavior that we don't even have the full context of. Instead, we just need to love others well. We just need to be there and support them and be that friend and help hold up their arms and then pray for God to do what only God can do because we can't do it. Yeah. And a lot of people are stuck in the Christian faith. They are stuck in these really, really horrific situations because of man's interpretation Mm. of how people should show up in their marriage. Mm. And again, this assumption that people aren't fighting in the background for their marriage. And, you know, there've been some instances where one person really wants it to work out and the other person is like, I'm done. Yeah, Yeah, I'm done. And I'm going to, um, you know, do what I want to show you that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, not, I, I, I am very open, um, about it because of the way you started where I think there are a lot of people who are divorced in ministry. They don't talk about it because of the shame that is placed upon them. And yeah. it's, well, you can't do this. You're regulated to this. You can't do that. Yeah. Actually, you don't get to decide that. So, <laughs> yes. So yes. again, people don't know what they're, people don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, that's, that's the summary statement for today. <laughs> like, like so. People don't, and they are assuming that, you know, people are being pastored. Yeah. 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 That's good. I feel like I could talk to you for five hours, but we do have to wrap up. But I have a few questions um, that we're going to ask at the end of this podcast. In okay. uh, So this podcast is called Hears and Doers. It's based on James 122. Don't just be doers of the word or be doers of the word, not, not hearers only. So as we wrap up, I want to ask you a couple of questions in that vein, but the answers do not have to be spiritual. Okay. Okay. Just the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. The first question is, is there something you are hearing right now that you're absolutely loving? So this could be like a song, a book, something a friend or pastor said. Gosh, I am 
so I'm a music lover. It is constantly playing. Um, okay. So I'm going to go the music route and I'll get, I'll give okay. two depending okay. on, actually I'll give three. Oh, I'm going to give three different genres. Okay. So if you are a Christian listener, I'm really into this kind of indie artist. Uh, I am son. Uh, I am son. Yeah. I am son. The I is lowercase am, am son, S O N. Um, all of his music is great, but always with me is like on constant rotation. Okay. I, for some reason, have jumped back, I'm showing my age, into John Mayer's Continuum album. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I have it on vinyl. It is, I'm just, I'm there. I don't know, like, I don't know. You're, it's, you're full on fangirling him right now. I am. I, do, I don't know why. But, and then this is an, a, a relatively unknown group, even though they are popular, the Teskey Brothers. Okay. They are indie, indie country bluesy. Oh. Oh, yeah. I do all the things. What a nice mix you have. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I do all the things. And when you listen to them, you would not know that they are four brothers with red hair and freckles out of Kentucky. Stop it. That's so fun. Oh, okay. They, I know exactly how I'm going to spend my afternoon and it will be with I Am Son, John Mayer, and the Teskey Brothers. <laughs> That's, I mean, there, there you go. There you go. There you go. Okay. Next question. Is there anything you've been doing that you'd recommend? So this could be anything. This could be like a habit. This could be somewhere you went. Anything you've been doing that you'd recommend? Well, it's what I'm about to do. And I recommend for all women to do this once a year. Okay. I do it twice because my life allows for me to do it. Um, go away for at least three days by yourself. Okay. Pick a place. I don't care where. Use your points to get there. Three days by yourself. That's good. A Thursday. What do you do during Sunday, those three days? Uh, you and God. Now me, okay. I'm a writer. I'm always writing. So I'm always listening to music. Yeah. I'm always writing. So I'm writing. I'm in my thoughts. I'm with my thoughts. Um, and you are figuring out if you like eggs over easy, you are oh. determining what kind of pizza you like. You are mm. watching that random movie that you can't watch because you're too busy doing it. Yeah. Like what for, for two, Whatever. it's really two and a half days, but yeah, cause you know, you got your travel in there. Right. It's just you and it's no one there to distract you from the feelings that will bubble to the surface, the book yeah. you are reading, the nap that you will take, the yeah. two naps that you will take. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's so fun. I think a lot of women, we all need this, but we don't do it because we think it would be impossible for us to step away or, or, and, or it feels like, well, we don't have the budget for that because we're not used to spending anything on ourselves. And I'll just add to what you shared. Um, number one, you can step away and it's good for your people, whether it's your spouse or your friends and family to step in, you know, for, for single moms, other people need to have a taste of what that's like. So let grandparents and aunt and uncles and friends step in for that. For those of you who have a spouse who can help, 
it's good for them to know what you carry on a daily burden. And it's good for your kids to miss you. It's good for you to miss your kids. Yeah. Yeah. And for money side of it, I will also just say, that's one thing that has prevented me from doing this many times. And in the past few years, that's changed completely. And and sometimes it's, we make sacrifices for me to be able to afford it. But other times, like next week, I'm going away for a week to write, to finish up my book. And I just went on Facebook and said, does anybody have a lake house or a beach house or anything that I could stay at that's not yeah. rented next week? And, and I had like four people offer places yes. and I had never I would have never done something. I was trying to figure out a schedule to like, maybe go to a coffee shop at night or whatever. And instead I'm getting to actually unplug for seven days to finish my book. Um, All because I just asked. And so maybe some of you just need to ask. Yeah. I mean, I know the money thing is a factor, but I have sat with women who, I mean, they are bare bones and help them plan something six months away. Yeah. You don't have to get on an airplane. You could drive, like do all the things right. to just get away. I'm going to Utah to Zion national park in June, and then going to take a flight to Jackson hole, Wyoming to climb Ooh. a mountain, but it doesn't have to be grand. Yeah. It can, it can be an hour away. Um, yeah. and I think it's just very, very important to spend time with yourself and give yeah. yourself space to do that and not within an mm-hmm. hour and not taking a bath and plan mm-hmm. for that. Like yeah. I get it. Some, some people it's a nine month, like you have to plan nine months out for that. Right. Totally fair. That's why I said once a yeah. year. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want this to end because this has been so fun to get to know you. So fun. It's so tell great. us how how can they connect with you? What's the best way for, if women are like, I want to be Bethany's best friend too. How do they connect with you? I'm always looking for best friends. Uh, (laughs) I am. I love, I love connecting with people. So a few different ways on Instagram, Jesus led Bible fed or my personal account, which is Bethany Ricks. I just do a lot of writing and musings and things like that on that page. Um, I have a newsletter, pour it out, which is much more long form. Um, and when I do push that newsletter out, very personal stories, um, go with that. And then I do speak. So you can go to my website and invite me to speak at a conference or anything like that. And then you can just see my face in person. I love it. That would be so fun. Um, Okay. Well, we'll make sure also for everyone listening, we'll link that in all the show notes. So you can click into that and um, go follow her on Instagram, sign up for that newsletter and talk to your favorite conference or women's pastor to bring Bethany in to talk. (laughs) Friend, this was, I love that I can like actually say friend now because I know. Yes. Like we're friends. Yes. Uh, Next time I come to Texas, I'm going to look you up. A hundred. Well, I mean, the problem with Texas is you could go 12 hours one way or the other, but we could meet in the middle, even if you're not in the Houston area. (laughs) This is true. This is, this is very true. This is very true. I love it so much. Okay. It was so great chatting with you today. James 122 in the ESV says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Or the message translation says it even more bluntly. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. 
letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. This podcast is called Hears and Doers because that's the kind of people we are committing to becoming. Women are men who choose to not just hear what is true, but actually live it out in our day-to-day lives. I'd love to hear your big takeaways from today's episode. Would you share them? Post them on social media and be sure to tag me at Becky Kaiser. And if you love today's episode, don't forget to give it an awesome review because that helps others find the show too. And you can always text the link to friends so they don't miss it either. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day, my friend. Love you so.